what a great night of celebrating faith and diligence. But then every Sunday night on Sunday night at City Point's a great night, isn't it? Did you know that this uh, pulpit, this church has been going for almost 50 years now? 1974, it was started in faith, sending a message of hope. So in two more years, two more years, that's 50 years, that this, this, this pulpit, I believe, has been the, one, the most consistently open church, uh, open pulpit, giving a message of hope, faith and love, and uh, preaching the message of Christ, truth with a capital T from the Bible. So tonight, if you're doing okay, or if you need some encouragement tonight, tonight's gonna be your night because you're going to hear a message of hope straight from the Word of God. We're in the middle of a, a great teaching series here at City Point, and it's called, As It Is in Heaven. This is actually a phrase from the Lord's Prayer, and many of you have heard this prayer maybe many years ago at a primary school assembly or an awards night or some sort of Easter pageant, and in it, you've got Jesus teaching us how to pray, and He says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love that prayer. It, it's the start of a great passage where God makes wonderful provisions to us, His people, for those who decide to align their lives in faith with Him. But, but there's some parts of that prayer that are really controversial for some people because that prayer talks about God with a capital G, God who's a boss, God who is the Father, not like a mafia-like Godfather, but God the Father. And I've come to realise in life, some people don't like that idea and that this God the Father is linked to a place called heaven. Many songs and movies and poems have been written about this wonderful place called heaven. And some may even, here tonight, may even think that a place called heaven is a fairy tale and that when you're dead, you're dead and that's it all for the rest of your life. Then in this prayer, the Bible mentions that God the Father has a kingdom and that He has a will and He has plans and He thinks that that will and those plans should be worked out in the here and now as it is in heaven. Now, you look like a, a smart, good-looking group of people here tonight. And I bet many of you have already worked out some of the great prayer themes that we're looking at. It says here that life has both natural and supernatural parts. It says there is God, that there is one God. The third thing this prayer lets us know is that a supernatural heaven can have an impact on the natural planet Earth. The third, fourth thing it says is that this God has a will, He's got plans, He's got blueprints and truth, and He wants to see that outworked in everyday life for the benefit of everyone, especially the people in this room. See, the Bible is telling us truth here, and I believe that it is truth with a capital T, T for absolute truth from an absolute God. So over time, we've seen that others have come up with their own versions of truth, with their own plans and blueprints for a great life. And we can see that over many centuries now, that much of humanity has been on this quest of some sort of utopia for a perfect world, 
a place of bliss and happiness. And this often includes a yearning for a higher power or a cosmic source of truth and wisdom. This quest started for me as a young boy. I remember I was in a primary school and we're on a camp and late at night, boys are telling scary stories as they do. Duke on the top bunk told us this story about the falling dream. You know that dream where you're falling? You have this amazing sense of weightlessness and free falling. Is anybody in the room have, have that dream? Well, Duke said this. He said that if you don't wake up from that dream, you in fact, you die. And that sometimes you even go to hell. And I remember hardly sleeping that night. I was totally determined to stay awake. But I realised at that moment, those nocturnal experience, experiences reinforced an awareness in me of a deep sense of timelessness. There was another time I was camping out with a group of young boys, a bit like a scouts group. The night sky was absolutely amazing. I looked up and it was so dark and there was a whole array of celestial stars, there were shooting stars, even some satellites. I could even find myself starting to sing a song. There's a sky full of stars. You may have heard it, Chris Martin and Coldplay picked it up a couple of years later. And I remember thinking that God is this, this awesome sense of majesty. But I remember at the same time, I was missing my brothers and my family back at home. And I was slightly homesick because I knew that I belonged somewhere else. Friends, these two experiences, many others in my life, were the start of a journey of discovery where I sensed that I was born for another world, that I'm actually a supernatural being having a natural experience here on planet Earth. And that search, that quest took me to the timeless words of the Bible. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes. It, it's a book written by the wisest and richest man in the world at the time, King Solomon in the Middle East. And he wrote these insightful words under the inspiration of Holy Spirit and they're on the screen right now. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, God, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. The Amplified Version says it as follows. God, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. It was then, friends, that I realised that eternity was written on my heart and that I was made for eternity and that I am immortal and that I am a supernatural being, have a natural experience here on planet Earth. And it made me start to think and I could sense in me this is exactly what Jesus was saying in this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The lights began to start to come on for me, that God wants to get His eternal, His supernatural into my natural, right now on earth as it is in heaven. And like many in this room tonight, it was by revelation 
It was by an in truth encounter with God, who I now know to be the creator of the universe, I was able to crack the code of life itself. I was so glad that I found this truth in His Bible, the Word of God. And like many in this room, that truth has shaped and guided my life, the way I've built my life, the way I've lived my life, and the way I enjoy and manage my relationships and how I make decisions and how I manage pain, conflict and crisis that comes into my life. My life began to make sense when I connected my life with Jesus Christ. I began to make better choices. I began to change. I became a better person. My life began to transform. And I began to experience little snippets of what heaven on earth looked like. Now I began to experience and know about this life belief system, a life compass that was far superior to any of the other offerings out there in the life purpose and guidance market. There was all angling and spruiking for my attention and for my affections. I also realised then that going my own way, doing things, my own, living life my own way, just did not work over time. And then I was blown away when I found out that God had a plan to meet one of my deepest needs as a human the need to belong, the need to be connected with other people, the need to matter to somebody else. See friends, part of God's great plan for our immortality and our desire for connection and the desire for us to change is to make sure that we are in life-giving environments and nurturing communities. What a God that He has made these wonderful provisions for us. And let me start by giving you an idea of how God planned this for you and I to meet one of our deepest needs. Many years ago, myself and a team were part of the early days of Schoolies Week on the Gold Coast. We were helping making young people safe, things like making pancakes, crashing parties, cleaning up vomit, protecting young girls who are vulnerable from the, the toolies down there, that terrible vulture culture that was there. I'd often get home when the sun was coming up and my then four-year-old daughter asked me, hey, Dad, look, what's schoolies week? And I said, something you'll never know about ever, darling, it's all right. And I just remembered at that time, I made a vow to her, I will take you anywhere in the world when it comes your time as long as you don't go to schoolies week. Well, fast forward 14 years, like any good young person, she remembered and off to New York City we went. Then. Then four years later, my son Jethro said, what about me, where are we going? So off we winged on our way to Europe and we stopped over in Singapore. Friends on the big screen, this is what we saw in Singapore. This was absolutely amazing. There's two handsome young roosters there. There we're down by Gardens by the Bay. Look at those tall trees. Have a look at this hotel. Some of you have made stayed there. It's three towers. Look, it's got a surfboard on top. That's the Marina Bay Sands Hotel. Looks awesome, doesn't it? Next slide is you can go onto the top of that. We went onto the top and have a look looking down. Isn't that amazing? Now look, I don't work for the Singapore Tourist Corporation thing, but I want to let you know, I'm making a point here. Looking down, you can see these many uh, sculptured 
uh, rainforest and going, look at the two shells over there on the left-hand side. One of them's got a rainforest seven storeys high and the other one's got this uh, collection of organic plants. Let's have a, have a look inside one of those greenhouses right now. Check that out. That's just absolutely amazing. And I remember seeing that and I just thought, what a wonderful example of a vibrant ecosystem. Each element contrib contributing to the growth of the other. It's a harmonious, interdependent relationship. Each element is nurturing and life-giving. Can I say, friends, this greenhouse image, when I walked through there, was almost like a picture that God gave me of what His transformational greenhouse could look like and literally what heaven on earth could look like. A life-giving community, a family, a place to belong, a place where you can be whole, a bit like the utopia that some of the people I know were looking for. This greenhouse in Singapore was master planned by a team of designers and engineers. It involved intricate planning and every element is maximised and is life-giving. This is the exact pattern that God has used when He has designed a transformational greenhouse where you and I can thrive in partnership and in community with other people, where over time we can become the best versions of ourselves. In God's transformational greenhouse, He is God the Father. He is Lord over everything with designs and blueprints for us to live the life that we were meant to live forever, eternally. And to make it all work, friends, every greenhouse needs a design, it needs a blueprint. So tonight, I'm gonna to highlight three quick passages in the Bible where God outlines the blueprint for our transformation in community in God's transformational greenhouse. The first biblical blueprint gives us an example of a transforming community where Jesus Christ is the focus. I'm gonna read a passage out of the book of Acts. It's a time in history about 33 AD. It's 50 days after Easter. Jesus has been crucified for the sins of humanity. He's been miraculously raised from the dead and He's only just been beamed back up into heaven. There's a festival there called Pentecost. Holy Spirit turns up and makes quite an impression and Peter preaches a cracker of a message and the church as we know it today is born. Here we are, read, just watch along as I read out of Acts 42, Acts 2 now. Verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a lot of people in one preach, isn't it? 3,000. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the first cameo that I wanna show you tonight. 
What a wonderful example of a life-giving biblical community. And, and the book of Acts is a series of examples of individual and community transformations as God is allowed to work in the lives of individual people and in community. Their transformation, friends, was so powerful that these people were fundamentally changed to their very core. So much so that later on, the Apostle Paul writes in this wonderful book in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says this, those who become Christians have become new people. They're not the same anymore. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Friends, this is God's heart and blueprint for you and I. He wants us in His transformational greenhouse. The second blueprint shows us that the focus of our life giving and shaping and transformation, it's in Jesus Christ Himself. We're gonna read along from Romans 8, verse 29 and 30 in the message. And it writes as follows. God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son, Jesus, stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. After God made that decision of what His children should be like, He followed up by calling people by name. And after He called them by name, He set them on a solid basis with Himself. And then after getting them established, He stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what He had begun. We can see in this wonderful passage in Romans 8 that Jesus Christ Himself is the model. He is the goal. He is the man. He is the exemplar, the pattern of the lives that we're meant to be living. And friends, when some of us meet real deal followers of Jesus Christ, this is what they're like. They're loving, they're kind, they're gracious, they tell the truth, and their lives are wonderful to be around, just like it's being around Jesus Christ. The third biblical blueprint shows us how this transformational community or greenhouse actually works with our role in, our, in the process and the part of responsibility that we need to take. This passage is in Ephesians 4, 13 to 16, and it says as follows, God's people are all to move rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. You get the idea? There's a lot of fullies in there, isn't there? Verse 15, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy, robust in love. The big idea here is that Jesus wants His people in community to work well with one another. We're not to go it alone. The Christian life is not a solo sport. And we're to grow up to become fully mature in Him, to be transformed in an ongoing process of becoming like Him. And it says here, with His very breath and blood flowing through us, 
nourishing us so that we can grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Now these three biblical passages of many that we could have drawn from tonight shows us the way in which God the Father lays out His plan for us as spiritual beings having a natural experience. How we can be transformed to become like Him on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us in His transformational greenhouse. What a challenge for us to seriously consider tonight. Now, this deep work of transformation in community can be a complex and interconnected enterprise. It's a bit like a greenhouse, so I wanna make it easy for us tonight. The total transformation requires seven elements to be present. And I wanna thank the great Christian thinker and leader, Bill Hull, for this model. And at CMC, like all Australians do, we tweak something that the Americans do and we've made it a little bit easier to understand and then to adopt. Hull calls this on the screen behind us, the transformational triangle, and it's based on biblical truth and some great theology. Here you can see the seven elements that are needed for our transformation. The green triangle is the greenhouse, the little triangle is you and I, and if you're in no international symbols. That symbol, the triangle with the little triangle, is the international symbol for transformation. And what we can see is we look on the sides of the triangle. The focus in the middle is the center, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ should always be the focus of our life and the, and the source of our affections in our life. He's always the center, and the other six elements work around it. On the right hand side, we have Scripture, then we have Holy Spirit, we have the community that we're talking about, we have events and pain, we have a sense of mission, training and habits. Let me, let me quickly just talk to a couple of them. Scripture, the Bible, the Holy Word of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is living and active, it is powerful than a two-edged sword. And what the Word of God does, friends, is it sets us up for a win by letting us know the pattern of truth that we need to apply to our lives. Friends, a Christian uh, without, without the foundation, the Word of God in their life, literally is gonna be tossed to and fro without the plumb line of the Word of God. Not only do we have to read the Scripture, friend, but we have to meditate on it and apply it till it becomes the top of the triangle, till it becomes part of our habits that we are known as people of the Word of God. We need the power of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives within us. One God, three persons. God the Father, God Son, God Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helped inspire the writing of the Word of God, which is Scripture. Holy Spirit lives within us when we say yes to Jesus. Holy Spirit not only gives us the desire to become like Jesus, He gives us the power to become like Jesus. Absolutely amazing. The bottom line here is community. We all need community, friends. No man is an island. And as we've said tonight, we need each other. 
We need each other. Some of my best transformational moments have been in community with people I don't like, and I've had to learn to get along well with them. They've shaped my character. Brother Sandpaper running next to me. I wanna get out of community. I wanna run my own race. What they're doing is they're knocking all the rough edges off me and making me more like Jesus, making me more loving. I love this one here, events and pain. We can sell vision from the Word of God, tell you to build a great life, but friends, events and pain and crisis is one of the biggest accelerators to your growth and transformation. But can I say this, you need community when you have events and pain and crisis in your life, because the devil's job is to sideline you out of community and literally make you think you're the only one. And some people have made terrible, permanent decisions dealing with their pain and life circumstances on their own. I remember a time I was wrestling with something and someone come alongside of me and says, Andrew, I don't know exactly what you, pain you're going through, but this is how God helped me in another time and it set me back on a right course to realise that pain was driving me to become more and more like Jesus. Our faith system, God's transformational greenhouse, needs a sense of mission or a sense of outward focus. There's no point having a life-giving community that is of no benefit to everybody else. Thank God that this church has got red frogs. Thank God that we've got the She Rescue Home where we've taken this life-giving revelation and we've taken it out to other people and out to a hurting world so they too can experience the transformation of Jesus Christ. And over time, we do these things all working in harmony together. This should become our pattern of life what we're known for. We are the people of God and we're known for this, this and this. This is what we are known for. At the top two, there involves some discipleship, some training. For some of you, you've seen tonight, they've decided to one season of their life to go um, and come to City Point Ministry College. We've got a great internship program. That's another great way to sharpen your life for active and greater service. Reading books, getting yourself some development, some sort of training. For some of you tonight, you're thinking, seven things. I've got three or four going. There's probably another couple I need to work on. As you can see, these elements, these seven elements all work together to create a life-giving flow that God wants to move with us. I know this, sometimes if you don't have all seven, I've seen some people's growth stunted. I know as a pastor and a coach, I spend lots of time with people who are in pain, looking for clarity. And I often use this transformation triangle to diagnose, listen, how is it going with this? How's it going with this? And I'm thinking, aha, I know it's missing. You may wanna consider adding some, some of the, the elements here tonight. Friends, this is how your mind will be discipled. This is how your mind will be renewed. Now, because you're a, an intelligent looking crowd tonight, can I go another two dimensions, take it another layer? Look at these next two uh, diagrams on the screen here. It's one thing to have the Bible in your head, to have your head full of knowledge and doctrine, but it's another thing to meditate on it, to chew on it, to take next steps and have it be part of your life. That's how if we go around like a clock, the Word of God should touch our head, transform our mind, then it should hit our heart, our passions, our affections, then over time it should come through our hands. There should be evidence that God is at work within us and over time this is what we are known for. So for some of you tonight, you're in the transformation triangle, you've got most of the seven things working 
And the other layer is, how's it going in your head, heart, hands and your habits? For some of you on the other side, this, this is another dimension for you. We can all be doers, we can be thinkers, and we can be leaders. This is all in the context of our head, heart, hands, and our habits. For some of us, we need to sharpen our thinking, which will help us be greater leaders. If you're a business owner here tonight, for some of you tonight, you might think, I need to get some new thinking and I need to lose some old thinking so that I can move to the next level of dimension of my leadership and my business that God is calling me to become. Three dimensions, three powerful ways to look at how God's transformational greenhouse can work in our lives. Can we make it a bit practical tonight? Let's put all three of them up and let's have a three-dimensional look at it. So where are you at right now? Let's focus on the first one. Why don't you do a quick audit out of seven? How you going? Tick, 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 tick. All the ticks, we're gonna say thanks to God for those. Thank you, God, for the great work that you've done in my life. Many of us had mentors and leaders around us who've discipled us, who've coached us, who's gently encouraged us to become more like Jesus. We've followed their wonderful example and we've literally seen new levels of life satisfaction and transformation happening in our life. Which are the ones that are missing, friends? Which is the one tonight that God is talking to you about? which is the one right now God's saying, I'd love to go on a journey. I'd love you to consider this one in the Mac, into the mix, so we can get the whole transformation thing going. Which ones do we need to activate over in this side? Is the Word of God hitting your head, the heart? Are you known as a generous person? Is it outworking through your hands? And what are you known for in your workplace? Are you known as being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? Or is your Sunday walk very different to your Monday to Friday walk? God wants us to become more and more like Him. Friends, you and I work in hurting and broken worlds. And sometimes many people don't get to hear a preacher declare the Word of God over our lives. They're gonna look at our lives. We're walking audio visuals of the message and love of Jesus Christ. And God wants to get His love and knowledge of His transformational greenhouse to a hurting world. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. So here's my sort of closing thought. And it's in here in Philippians 3, 17, uh, Philippians 2, verse 13. It's a wonderful verse. That as we move in partnership with God, we can be confident of this here. Philippians 2, 13, God will continually revitalise you implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Isn't that wonderful? Look what it says over here in the Amplified. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for His good pleasure. It's a wonderful thought. God has set our lives up for a wonderful opportunity for flourishing, for satisfaction, because we are born for eternity. Can I say this? When I was at the age of 19, I was sort of a very, very long way from God. And I was in a, 
a meeting just like this and it was a large church just down the road from here on a Sunday night. And I could feel God's supernatural presence in the room as, as the preacher was speaking. I was so overwhelmed and captivated by His love, it was like a kindness bomb, a love bomb went over my life. And I was just so aware in that moment that I was made for eternity and that I was a spiritual being in need of a saviour. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful experience as I encountered the Word of God that night. And I was so overwhelmed that I couldn't wait for the preacher man to tell me to put up my hand to say yes, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he layered the message. And as he spoke about having uh, eternity and having a life of satisfaction and having my identity formed and having my spiritual being reborn so that when I died, I could go to heaven to be with Him. I was captivated by that message of truth and my heart was pounding, it was absolutely awesome. And when He finally said, it was time to put up your hand, I remember shooting my hand up and literally felt the love of God enveloped my life so powerfully and so wonderfully. It's wonderful. I'd like to give that same opportunity for you tonight. I've told stories about eternity, about the Kingdom of God, about God being a boss, absolute truth. And for some of you that stirred up a new sense, yes, this is where my quest could end tonight and I could find answers and I could come into God's family, into His transformational greenhouse and literally be shaped and loved by with a group of other faithful believers and live the life that I'm meant to be living. Can we bow our heads right now in Jesus' Name? I wanna help people get right with God tonight, friends. I love doing this. Every Sunday, there are people struggling with stuff. All you have to say is yes to Jesus, friend. You say, yes, Jesus, you are the Son of God so that I can be free and that I can be part of your family. It can be for the first time that you say yes to Jesus tonight. You may be visiting tonight. I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. Reach out to God in simple faith and say, come into my life, God. Cleanse me, forgive me and change me. Tonight, friend, is your opportunity for encounter with Jesus Christ. And all the elements of this meeting, this service tonight are all working together and the lights are just starting to come on and you know in your heart that you need to say yes to Jesus tonight. Second group of people, maybe you need to come back to God. You've said yes before, but you've let sin and slackness overtake your life. And tonight you need to get right with Him. Come back home, friend, and say yes to Him. Can I have every Christian believing, praying right now? Help people to experience the miracle of God's grace and favour. It truly is a miracle. If that's you in this place, friend, Holy Spirit has already been talking to you about your relationship with God. He's been hovering over this meeting, convincing you and convicting you of your need for Jesus so you already know whether you need to say yes. And I simply wanna pray for you 
where you're at right now. So I'm gonna say, Pastor Andrew, pray with me. I wanna get right with God tonight. I wanna experience a miracle of grace and forgiveness and love. I want to pray with you right now. Anyone in this house so bold tonight, raise your hand right now and say yes. I wanna say yes to Jesus Christ tonight. Looking across the room from right to left, from front to back. People saying yes to Jesus. Say, well, I wanna come into a life-giving relationship with Him tonight. Thank you. Yeah, I see that hand there, thank you. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Anybody else wanna join that hand? Say yes, I see that hand over there. Great decision, young lady, well done, well done. I see that hand there, yes, another one. Thank you, I see that hand there, well done, sir. That's a great choice, well done. Anybody else looking across the room? If you're a believer, wave out. If you're seeing that I'm missing anybody. Thank you, God. Yes, I see that hand there, young man. Well done. Great decision. Coming into God's family, breaking the power of sin. Jesus Christ is gonna set you free. Wonderful. Just while our heads are still bowed, anybody else? Just a sovereign moment. God's Holy Spirit is here. Yeah, I see that hand. Well done. Right over there, it's wonderful. That's good, thank you. Jesus. I want to linger, God gave me a number, you know. Where are you? Come on, friend. It's time to say yes to Him and accept His free gift of salvation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Believe it that. Wonderful. Let's all pray, shall we? Pray this wonderful prayer to ask Jesus Christ to come into our life. And maybe you can pray with me and we confess with our mouth together. Repeat after me. Dear God, I don't understand all your truth yet, but I believe you love me and I believe you made me for your purposes. My identity is in you. I'm sorry that I've lived for myself instead of for you and I ask for your forgiveness. I need a fresh start. I wanna say yes to you, Jesus, tonight. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to pay for my sins. And I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Please help me to learn to love you and to trust you and to live for you, amen. Come on, friends, let's give everybody a round of applause that said yes to Jesus tonight. That's absolutely wonderful.